1: The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 $50 off just visit linkedin.com slash team again that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post terms and conditions apply
2: welcome to the saints happy hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello Andrew Juge Ralph Marlborough and when he decides to show up Kevin Held We are the perfect
3: blend of St. Sincerity and stupidity. I want to point out that you asked Kevin a football question just now. And I feel like I was in Bizarro World where he He knew the schedule. He had knowledge of the next two opponents. Kevin, did you watch the game?
2: And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrough.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to a Sunday night night edition of the saints happy hour podcast we're live streaming as always dave is here andrew is here and i want to start the show off on a serious note as many of you know on twitter kevin's dad has the covid19 or coronavirus or whatever and he is in pretty rough shape but we are praying for him he's going to pull through kevin we're thinking about you uh so there's that but apparently, Dave, in lighter news, Sean Payton is apparently going a little stir-crazy. He's opening up the playbook, diagram in his favorite Saints plays. So I tweeted at him if he wants to break down film, he could join us on the, quarant- the the Saints Watch quarantine party Saturday night when we do Saints-Giants from 2015, and he could go over all seven of Drew's touchdowns, and we won't even make that much fun of the defense.
4: I'm not promising that I'm not making fun of the defense. The defense was atrocious in that game.
3: Yeah, speak for yourself, Ralph.
4: I just... Well, we could like once we get
1: him on, we just have to say whatever's necessary to get him on. We tell a little lies, and once he... But once don't he...
3: you think? Don't you think as soon as he starts visualizing footage of himself screaming at Rob Ryan, it's all going to come back, and he's going <laughs> to encourage us to flame on the defense. <laughs>
1: I think he would, man. That game was, that game was bonkers. And the Saints' defense, like when it wasn't being horrific and making good play, making horrible plays, it was making terrible plays. And plays when they would get off the field, they would have like they had like personal fouls and shit to stay on the field. And then Eli would throw to Beckham. I think he, I think Beckham had like four touchdowns on the same play against Delvin Bro. <laughs> But I'm just saying, John, if you listen or somebody in the Saints they're listening while they're working remotely, we have fun on the on the quarantine watch party. It's very entertaining. People seem to like it. Um so interesting bit of Saints news, Andrew. This week in that Mickey Loomis went on Peter King and was like, "I don't think we should do the draft in April. We need to move that thing back." And then like a 2 days later Goodell came out and was like not only are we having the draft when it's scheduled but any NFL executives y'all need to stop saying that we need to move that shit back button it up we're having it then shut your mouth um, so I thought that was interesting for a whole range of things um, but what did you take from Mickey Loomis saying hey we really need to postpone the draft because we can't do our normal scouting procedures what did, what did you take not that it will be moved because obviously Goodell doesn't care but sort of as it, as it um, involves the Saints, do you think it will affect how they draft this year?
3: Well, you know, the Saints, uh, Mickey Loomis basically commented that, yeah, he, he wanted to, if you listen to his podcast with Peter King, he basically said, yeah, we're our process is affected. I definitely would like to see the draft move back. And if it isn't, uh, that's a significant problem for us, the way we do things and our ability to do it properly. And you know, Sean Payton mentioned something later that was like, yeah, we're, we hope to get it moved. I think there's a chance it might. Uh, and then very quickly, a memo goes out. Roger Goodell publicly states it's not being moved. So, you know, I, I think... It's interesting because the saints have had less draft picks, uh, than other teams for a while now for at least a couple years in a row. And it certainly is the case again this year. So on the surface, you would say less picks than everyone else, you know, other teams are at an advantage against you. Uh, but it's clear that based on their success the last several years and, um, their belief in what they're doing, that the saints think they have a leg up on everyone else. They think that their process is better and they have a significant advantage. going it into is. the draft. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the support, results say yeah. it.
1: at least the results confirm the what s- they believe.
3: Support it. Yep. Um, and so that advantage is now gone. I mean, that's basically what Mickey Loomis is admitting and saying. And on top of that, um, they have less picks than everyone else. So I, I do think coming out of the other side of this, you're going to have a roster, at least in terms of what the draft gives you, that's it's just not going to be as fruitful for you as other teams.
1: Dave, do you think the lack of, not so much the personal visits of, of getting a, an idea of the personality of the players and all that, but the Saints do that. I don't want to call it weird, but it's extensive sort of testing of how players learn and that sort of thing. And they did, it, they did a ton of it with Marcus Davenport, and they, they decided, look, he's really raw, but we feel like he retains knowledge in the way we want him to. And that made them go all in and move up to get him. Do you think the inability to do those sorts of things is going to make Loomis
4: less YOLO-y? I don't understand. Is is can they not like have Zoom meetings with these well, they can, potential but draft players? Is a I mean, Zoom I, meeting know, the same as like in the room? Whether he's gonna, I, I, well, I don't know. I understand why you can't have a go-to meeting, a Zoom meeting, whatever. <laughs> you got a chalkboard where you are. You fucking write some diagrams on the play. He's watching it. <laughs> I don't understand why all of this can't be done virtually. I, I mean, I'm being dead serious.
2: Well, I mean, it the can. But the
4: world is having in the in, in the face
2: of this global. Pandemic. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Huh? Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you coming? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip.
5: So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
4: Pandemic. The rest of this world is having to uh, adopt... And, and and new, you know, technologies you, and, and change and, you know, get used to working from home and working virtually. Uh, and the NFL should be no different. In fact, they should be Do you be think the world along, is as productive as it was two
1: and, weeks ago? I mean,
4: I, I speak think for myself. I mean, it was, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but I'm. But I'm just saying, like you know, people are now working from home. Lawyers are working from home. You're, you you know, Danger's dad is probably working from home and doing meetings through Zoom or go to meeting or whatever now, as opposed to maybe stuff that used to be face to face or yeah. like that funny tweet that was out. We're gonna, we're about to find out which meetings really could have just been emails. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I don't see why this has to stop the evaluation process of of uh, of of, of, of draft picks. I really don't. Uh, so you guys are against me.
1: I think it's going to it's gonna hold them down in this sense, Andrew. I think they're going to look at their board and they're going to have less players that they're 100% certain about. Where it used to be they'd be like, hey, these are our top 100. I think they may look at their board and be like, look, these 45 guys, we are really certain about them. Their grades are really good. we got to get two of those dudes. And that could make them be extra YOLO instead of more passive. That's that's one I don't theory think so. that somebody
3: I, – I don't I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they're going to second-guess their usual process, which is they identify a guy. They trust their process so much that they know, hey – This guy is much better than everyone else thinks he is. And so let's trade up and go get him because the value is just too good for him to still be available at the spot. Uh, I think now they'll second guess that and they'll say to themselves, well, you know, we haven't had enough time with the guy. We haven't had a chance to see him in person. Uh, We know Sean Payton, at least with quarterbacks or probably with all offensive players, really values seeing them in person. And he said that. I've heard him say in interviews, like, it's just different when you're there and they're working out for you in person and you get, he calls it, uh, getting your, your, your eyes at field level. Um, and I I, I do think that makes a difference. So I believe the saints will be more inclined to just stand pat and stay where they are and kind of let the draft come to them. And I mean, we'll see, you know, I guess it's possible. We'll still see some trade-ups, but, uh, I think, you know, they're huge. When you trade up, You better be right. You here's because you're burning burning assets to move up. You better be certain that the guy you're getting is worth two draft picks, three draft picks, whatever you're getting up to get him. And I just don't think the Saints are going to have that kind of confidence.
1: Well, here's the thing, though, Dave. What if all the teams have less confidence in their board and the prices to move up are discounted? Would that affect Loomis? Would that be, like, too strong of a temptation to overcome you know, like I know I'm not supposed to go out and like mingle with people. But if the liquor store was giving away free honey bourbon, like I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to help myself. And I might just like, say, <laughs> fuck social distancing and just do it. Right. So do you think if other teams are like, hey, it usually costs a third to move up eight spots in the in the first round. But this year we'll take a fourth. Like, do you think that would make Loomis
4: get back to his old Yola ways? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's possible. I, I don't know whether that's going to be the case. I, I, don't, I don't think that there's going to be a, a deflation in value for draft picks. But, uh, but if there were, uh, I could see Loomis doing it. He, and he wouldn't be the only one. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's possible.
3: I mean, forgetting Mickey Loomis's psychology for a second and just talking practically, if, you're, if you operate in a YOLO way when doing your business – you would think that the coronavirus and putting all of our mortalities at the forefront of our minds would make you more YOLO than ever.
1: So you're saying this is like, if the Rona doesn't initiate full YOLO, <laughs> nothing will.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm suggesting. <laughs> uh, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself there, but you know, I, I will say this: I-, I I do think this is probably not great for the Saints. Um, It's not great for everyone, so at least it's an even playing field in that sense. Uh, But, you know, if the Saints have a process that they love and that is better than a lot of other teams out there, then I do think maybe that levels the playing field in
1: terms of
3: being able to draft.
1: Teams better have their Wi-Fi in order because everything's going to be remote. If you better get that, you might want to get that pick in like with a minute, minute two to spare, because if your Wi-Fi is fucked, clock could run out, the pick doesn't get in, we could have mayhem with this draft. I'm just saying.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah, um, but no, I, I would think I would say this. Um, I'm glad they're not moving it back. All, all that being said, um, we you know, need it. I, I, I don't love that it's a disadvantage for the saints, uh, but it's kind of like free agency, you know, it's just, yeah, I I need some normalcy and I'm just thrilled that the NFL is finding ways to maintain this stuff because without it, I just don't know what we would be talking about. Dave, what, you know,
1: do you like the idea that somebody floated where they do a round a night to stretch it out because we have no sports at all? They
4: do what? Where they do, they what? do a round a night, and it's a week long. Oh, oh! so it's a week long. Oh, yeah. Let's... I, I'd rather them do that because, you know, you get into these. Then that makes every round more interesting. And then, you know, every morning when you get up, you can check to see who's available. And you only have to worry about the 30. Well, there's more than 32 picks as you get into the later rounds because teams have multiple picks or whatever. But, like, uh, I'm all for stretching this bad boy out as, uh, as long as we can. <laughs> Because I'm gonna be done with Lion King and like by tomorrow, and then I don't know what the hell I'm gonna start watching. Tiger King. Tiger King.
3: Sorry, Tiger
4: King. Like, no, no, no. I'm gonna be watching Disney's animated movie Lion King.
3: <laughs> exotic. Uh, what's it, Joe Exotic in uh, animated form would be a sight to behold.
1: <laughs> I gotta say, we'll get to we'll get to Tiger King in a minute. We but we got the other interesting piece of Saints news. Andrew was Mickey Loomis went on the Saints. Uh, in-house podcast, and he said he was surprised that they were able to retain David Onyemata and Andres Pete. Like going into free agency, he didn't think that was going to be possible. Um, so, what what contract of Andres Pete or David Onyemata do you think he views as being below market value?
3: Uh Well, I would probably say Onyemata between the two. Um, I, I would guess that he was probably a little surprised that Andres Pete didn't go day one. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I heard that soundbite too. I wondered how much that comment was uh, colored by the CBA. You know, in other words, had the CBA not passed, then I think Drew and Taysom probably would have taken up almost all the saints cap and he wouldn't have been able to do.
1: Oh, that's um, true. I didn't think of that.
3: The, the Jackrabbit deal. He wouldn't have been able to do some of those other deals like with Drew Brees, uh, where he uh, deferred some of the cap hit till, you know subsequent years and, and ghost years. So I just think, I wonder if he was like, yeah, I didn't know if the CBA was going to pass or not. And so if had it not, I would have not been able to resign any of my guys. Um, Or at least maybe I would have kept one at best. Um, So I really do think the CBA went a long way towards helping out Loomis and the Saints keep both players.
1: Somebody in the chat room asked, which team do you think has the worst Wi-Fi? My money's on the Bengals followed by the Redskins. (laughs) Somebody said the Bengals don't have, they have AOL. What team do you think would have had the worst Wi-Fi? Do you
3: think I would think the Redskins have good Wi-Fi? I would think Snyder was is gonna pay for it. Do you think I mean, Mike?
1: It's... I think Mike Brown might have the Bengals do their draft war room at Starbucks, so he doesn't have to pay for the Wi-Fi. Like,
3: yeah, Bengals. A... I mean, Raiders possibly. <laughs>
1: yeah, Raiders. <laughs> Raiders oh, are tough. They're in Vegas now. Yeah, but Vegas is completely shut down, so you can't even like go to a casino and and and. and... Get off the visitor Wi-Fi, Dave. Who do you think would have the worst Wi-Fi?
4: Which team? Yeah. Uh, I feel like Seattle, the Seahawks, would have the best Wi-Fi, um, and the
1: worst Let, the Browns. Let's so let's, let's go have. ahead and
3: just take a let's go ahead and just take a shot at the Falcons here. <laughs>
1: it is three twenty-eight, baby. <laughs> how did you celebrate three twenty-eight day,
3: Andrew? uh by uh pretending to boost my uh internet signal <laughs> <laughs> um i didn't really do much you know just uh it's 328 was yesterday right i i don't even have any idea what day it is <laughs> I, I can't keep track of this anymore
1: it is just to make it
5: 28 to three brian knocks it through arthur blank loving it up by 25
1: which is I just needed an excuse to play that. I know the date was wrong. Um but you know as I'm
4: really you get into at all this Sean Payton this this play breakdown stuff. This is interesting stuff.
1: It is. He's he's got he's he's literally got cabin fever. He's he's just he's got he's... <laughs> like
4: three plays on here. <laughs> well, and so okay, so this is interesting. So he says they use um they use sandwich terms for their tight splits, so, so in a play call they might say JJ, which stands for Jimmy John's, or they'll say Club, or they'll say Stack, or they'll say Quiznos. And then he Quiznos. tags, and then he and then he tags Quiznos and Jimmy John's in the tweet too, which I like. I thought Quiznos was bankrupt. <laughs> I didn't even think they were around anymore.
1: Uh, I love the Quiznos. No, they're uh, around. They tweeted honey seven bourbon hours ago. sandwich, it was good. Man. What would be what would be like a play call, Andrew, that if it if it had a fast food restaurant, you would know that it would be a failure? Like.
3: Hmm. Uh well, <laughs> what's what's the uh, Italian place that Dave hates again? Olive Garden. Olive Garden. You could, you yeah, could Garden. <laughs> I,
1: I feel like I Popeyes. Know. The Popeyes play call—it could be amazing or it could be terrible. Because with Popeyes, you never know what you're gonna get with your order. Because there's like a fifty-fifty yeah, 50 shot Popeyes they get it delicious. right.
3: So when they get it right, it's good.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. Just I'm Popeyes. I'm just like, just get me my biscuit. And my mashed potatoes and gravy. Anything else, I don't even care. You don't have to get it right.
4: I can't believe you don't. I can't believe. I still can't believe you don't get the red beans and rice. I don't.
1: I don't like the red beans, man. Uh, that's that's, that's, that's (laughs) probably because you've never had Popeye's red beans. I've had it. I just like it's. I just don't like. You could give me the literally the best red beans and rice on earth, and I would be like, "That's "Eh, Popeyes. It's all right." right." (laughs) Well, then that's it. That's Popeyes. It's okay. I just like red beans and rice isn't my thing.
3: Man, if you think red beans and rice at Popeye's is the best that exists, Dave, you you haven't lived. It, it is. I don't even like red beans and rice.
4: What's but wrong like with Popeyes? you guys? It's a fact. Red, Popeye's has the best red beans red and beans rice. Red
3: beans and rice is awesome, and you, you have not like, had good good ones, obviously.
4: You're probably one of those psychos that puts mustard on their red beans and rice. Hell no. What? Are you insane? People do that? Yeah, what, people, is, what is that? Oh, yeah. My, father, my father-in-law does that. Oh, my that's
3: God. A, that's
4: a thing. That is that's
1: disgusting. That is
3: not. A, that is not a thing. Is he from? It Lafayette? is a thing. Is, is he from Lafayette or some shit? No, he's from, uh, he's
4: from like uh, Arabie or whatever, Jeez. by way of Texas. Uh, yeah, people in the chat, let's hear out. Some, surely somebody in the chat knows somebody
3: that puts mustard on their that is that's disgusting. That, that's that's even more of an abomination than leaving your butter out.
1: That is <laughs> that is bad. the that is the scat play of food mustard on your red beans and rice. I'm offended. I'm offended and I don't even like red beans and rice. (laughs) So, I got a really serious Saints question last week from somebody uh, after the show ended and I think we need to address it right now. Dave, which Saints defensive back historically would never, ever Catch the Rona.
4: Oh, that's it's funny because, <laughs> because I thought about you, this question for like
1: forty-five minutes.
4: Well, no, because when you originally gave us the show topics, you said just which Saints player in general. Yeah, it could be catch, Saints
1: player in general.
4: Would never would never catch the Rona. Well, no, but my answer. I thought you were asking about current Saints player, and so my answer was going to be P.J. Williams, and he's a DB. So it's funny that we were, all you know, a DB was definitely going to be the answer. Uh, an answer for this question. So, current Saints player, I would say P.J. Uh, Williams.
3: Yeah, it's too I was, bad AJ Klein left because he was the king of dropped interceptions.
4: Well, I was going to say all all time. I think Roman Harper had had was
3: yes was the
4: no catching mother
3: motherfucker of the takeoff. Fred Fred Thomas was exceptionally good at dropping interceptions. See,
4: I
1: was thinking Brandon Browner because not only would he not catch the Rona, he would think the Rona was a teammate and he would tackle it and defeat it. Uh, so that was my Brandon Browner. To Bucky Jones, did he drop a lot of interceptions in? I oh, yeah. Even... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I thought that was a great question on, on which. Uh...
3: He he would try to catch the virus. He would dive at it and then still find a way to miss it.
4: <laughs> See, Jason my... Champagne says he knows somebody that put mustard on white
3: beans. Oh, my God. Ugh.
1: Jesus, man. It's like
4: I feel, I feel like.
3: But he says, I, ne- but he said never red beans. Right. Never. He hasn't heard anybody put it on red beans, right? They're out there. Josh Your father in law is 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 one of one.
4: And I'm gonna look this up right now. I'm gonna Google mustard mm. on red beans and rice.
3: Uh. Now my grandmother did make a coleslaw with mustard, which I always found interesting. Yeah. It
4: doesn't sound terrible, but it sounds weird and unorthodox, but not terrible. I. Thought, yeah,
3: I always thought it was pretty good.
1: I thought potato salad with gumbo was weird until I did it, and it's amazing.
3: Yeah, that's also unacceptable. <laughs> what I don't like
4: about that is like, so you've got a hot bowl of gumbo, and usually the potato salad is at least lukewarm room temperature, if not yeah. colder, and yeah. then you drop it into your hot, hot gumbo, and it's like putting an ice cube in your fucking gumbo.
3: I'm I'm with you. That's weird. So... Here, um,
4: here's here's a here's a thread on tiger droppings on the food and drink forum of tiger droppings that said I was just recently informed that this isn't a normal or even known thing. I learned it from my mom who learned it from hers. Anyone else ever heard of it? This guy are, puts mustard. Are we talking on about
3: food. mustard? Oh yeah, we're we still talking about this. Somebody
4: <laughs> says I sometimes <laughs> add a touch of vinegar or sour the, the
3: salt. The fact the fact that the only salt. place you could find it online, Dave, was a, a tiger droppings. Probably from like thread. 2011. I mean, that says it all right there. <laughs>
4: hmm.
1: Um, here, here's another pickle, uh, pickle juice. <laughs> pickle juice. Here's another uh, Rona question that I was thinking of, Andrew. People, it's a desperate time in America. It's dark times. People are ingesting all sorts of crazy things to avoid getting the Rona cure the rona all that sort of a man died in arizona because he ate it's it's something that you use to clean fish tanks but it's very close to some sort of drug that people think might help you ward off the rona he ingested a bunch of it and died uh his wife seems really weird i think she probably killed him with it but that's neither here nor there um but i was thinking of like what's the weirdest thing you've ever put into your body or on your body for any reason at all
4: Wait, we need to go back to that story. This sounds like another Carol Baskin situation. I was gonna he, say. Did, well, we'll, we'll get to, did his wife like feed him to the fishes? That was, was a dead? perfect
1: segue for Joe Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Exotic, Joe. I wish Joe Exotic was president right now. I'm not gonna lie. Like <laughs> he's a ama- he's amazing. Uh, he got 19
4: percent of the vote for governor in Kentucky. Apparently.
1: I mean, dude, the the poor girl gets her arm ripped off by the tiger. The first thing he does is put on the EMT jacket made him look fucking amazing and he's walking around smoking a cigarette i mean like i am i was i was confused about why people were so into that show until me and my wife uh watched three three episodes of it last night my wife called uh joe exotic the white trashier brett michaels
3: yeah i like that i i i kind of I called him a cross between Charles Manson and Dog the Bounty Hunter
1: here's here's another thing with the Tiger King show Dave maybe you can explain it to me why does one of Joe Exotic's husbands why does he not like dental Just work his and he doesn't have teeth and he doesn't wear a shirt during any of the interviews Like, what is up with that <laughs>
4: Uh, well, first of all, you know, the lack of teeth, certainly that helps in, um, the answer know, all, is meth. Sexual
3: relations. <laughs> the answer is meth. Um, <laughs> no, actually I
4: saw, I saw, um, uh, do we have, do we have a sound bite? Do we have that? Brown- I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, don't want to spoil it here.
3: I don't want to spoil alert here, but at, at the end you find out the guy isn't even gay. He he just likes meth.
4: <laughs> <He> just like <laughs> meth and getting shit paid for him yeah. by his sugar daddy, tiger cool, daddy. Wait, blue. <laughs> uh, no but actually if you if you google it he's actually now he has like a full set of fake teeth mm. um, he's gotten all of that fixed and he admitted that um, he did do meth but his teeth weren't messed up because of meth they were just messed up because just poor oral hygiene I think but yeah. uh uh but uh but yeah, uh, Joe Exotic probably told him not to get his teeth fixed because he probably, probably liked it in the bedroom.
1: <laughs> Man, I feel like this is a middle of June episode of this show. <laughs> not a March episode <laughs> we're talking about. Oh,
4: no. It feels, feels like it's June 527th. <sighs> The
1: quarantine hasn't slowed down our humor at all. We're still in peak. I mean,
3: I, I, every episode I would tell my wife, I would, I would say, we, we got to stop stop this. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't keep going. And she's like, no, no, no. Come on. Let's do one more. Let's, let's, let's keep it going. And uh, I I ended up watching the whole thing in like three days. Hmm. Of course you did. I don't know how you, I don't, three
4: days. It took you three days. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
4: Um, well, Oh, Ralph, so what was your original question before we started about What's moms? the
1: craziest thing you've ever ingested into your body or put on your body for any reason?
4: <laughs> um, I, mean, I can't say anything weird. I had a colonoscopy a few months ago, so I
3: had to drink that. No, that's the, I've had to do one before too, and that's uh, awful.
4: and then uh, and then I was asleep, so I don't know what they put in my butt, but whatever they put in my <laughs> butt, that was probably the weirdest thing that's ever been inside my body, I would say.
3: <sighs>
1: no, I was thinking <laughs> see, I was thinking for like weird circumstances. Like for me, I have one dark circle under my right eye that won't go away. And I have tried every fucking thing under the sun i have used potatoes i have used peanut butter i have used a boiled egg to try to get rid of this one fucking
4: dark circle and it won't go away that's what i was thinking why are you putting these things on your eye you think they're gonna you think that's gonna make why would an egg make a dark circle go away what do
3: you i don't know i saw it on the internet dave hey try an egg
4: (laughs) yeah that's exactly
1: what he was, was try an egg i did it it didn't work
3: have you tried cucumbers
1: I have tried cucumbers. They have not worked.
4: Have you tried Joe Exotic's penis yet?
1: <laughs> if it would get rid of this dark circle, I would put that, do it in
4: a heartbeat. Put
1: that, put that no up. questions asked. Have you
3: tried Joe, have you tried Joe Exotic's meth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have – I can't top Dave. I mean, I've been uh, I've been trying CBD a little bit lately because apparently it's good for inflammation. I'm not sure it works really, um, so I don't know. That's kind of weird.
4: I mean, yeah, I, you know, college. I I put a lot of things in my body in college, but I wouldn't say <laughs> any of that was weird.
1: <laughs> you weren't out for desperation cure. I'm the I'm the only one slathering peanut butter under one of my eyes. Trying to get rid of the <laughs> yes, get rid of the yes, black. You are. all right people 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 know I I don't we don't I don't have secrets on this podcast Um, but um, before we get to questions that we have from people um, you know the NFL season to me as they move this these quarantine things further back, you know, now it's April thir- now it's a, they're saying April 30th. We're gonna reevaluate everything. Everybody's gonna have to stay quarantined in their house till April 30th. And as we move it, if as it gets stretched, Andrew a little further out, a little further out, I I worry more and more about the NFL season. The EPL is talking about they're gonna send all of the English Premier League teams to some remote location in Britain and they're going to house them all in like a dorm or something and they're going to play games in an empty stadium and finish out their season and the government is all for it to like help the people have a distraction and all what sort of lengths do you think the NFL will go to in order to have a 2020 season if it comes to that
3: yeah man that's insane I, that just seems to me like if one dude gets the coronavirus, then they're all they're all exposed, you know. I, yeah. I don't know. Like that that doesn't seem like it would work, but um, I mean, it'd be interesting. It'd be like The Bachelor, you know, putting them on a, all on some remote island together and just ha- finding a football field. Well, you don't need any fans, right? So you could just do it on a field. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. Well they gotta have T V.
1: Like the NFL they gotta that's where they make their money, right, Dave? So they gotta have T V. But
3: do you They gotta have T V.
1: So Dave, do you think they would I think they'll bump it if need be, they'll bump it back. But I'm just wondering how much of lengths will they go? Will they bump it back? And have empty stadiums. You know, because I think they're going to want to desperately have it, and people are going to want to des- have it just for normalcy. Because if, if we get to the fall and we don't have football, man, America's just... I don't think we'll riot. It'll just be like mass sadness and, and horribleness. Um, but, I mean,
3: if we're still dealing with this in September oof. and quarantined, I I don't even Why to I don't necessarily think... I don't See, think, I think that's, why, be... that's
4: why I think it's going to be okay. I, I mean, you I mean know, let's we're talking say, six months from now. Yeah, I mean, let's say you know, let's say this. Go, I, I would like to think by June 1st that we're going to be able to resume to normal life. And if that's the case, you can still have your yeah, you know, one or some uh, of your God. mini camps. You can obviously have training camp. Uh, I think that's grossly
3: optimistic, Dave.
1: Well, but they could like if they kind of start like e. It's like right like in june we'll like ease ourselves back into the pool right like it'll be all right maybe you can start going back to work some places and you can start doing a little stuff so if they could if they can start getting back to normal in june maybe june july august september then you have like 4 months maybe it starts a little later i'm just thinking dave like the thing to me that makes me worry about them having a season is is if the whole country isn't back how do you have a season if, like, Texas is okay, but New York and New Orleans is not and California is not? Like, how do you do the schedule? Do you say, oh, sorry, Giants, New York is a mess. You need to fly into a state that is open for business and have, have practice there and have games there, sort of Katrina style like the Saints in '05."
3: Yeah, my dad just posted in the uh, chat. By the way, I mean, if if the coronavirus could wipe out preseason this coming year, that might be the biggest favor it gives to humanity.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The,
1: you uh, know what would be? You know what would be amazing, Andrew, if it if it wiped out preseason, and it becomes clear as day that preseason games are the total waste of time we always knew they were and the NFL was ha- was able to not have preseason games and have a f- fantastic 2020 season they could never go they could maybe they could never bring back preseason because people would be like you didn't have it when we had the rona and everything was fucking fine get the fuck out of here with this preseason game nonsense that would be that would be amazing trying to find the po- trying to find the positives right Dave
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Is, there, mm-hmm. is there anything in your life that the Rona has made better,
4: Dave? Uh, you know, I mean, for better or for worse, it's nice to get to spend a bunch of time with my kids. I mean, obviously, we're all driving each other crazy uh, being cooped up in here. Yeah,
3: let's be honest. It's mostly for worse. Um, <laughs> but... Uh,
4: There have been a few things, like, I I guess people have had time at home, so my mother emailed me a few old pictures that um, my uncle had found. I posted one on Facebook today. It was my grandfather in front of his uh, store in Queens in, like, 1938, uh, which I thought was – that was super cool. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think people are – you know, New Orleans kind of has a – not anywhere – near the same level, but, um, uh, it's got kind of that, everybody's being nice to each other, you know, that post Katrina, uh, you know, vibe where everybody feels like, you know, we're in this together and we're helping each other out and, you know, maybe you're being nicer to somebody or you're tipping bigger or something like that. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of nice too. Oh, oh no, so by much. the
1: way, Nick Underhill is do is raising money to give people that need groceries, Delivered to them, whether they're older or shut-ins or that, he's raising money to do that. You can find it on his Twitter. Uh, if you can support it, you can't. You should. Saints Happy Hour. We donated uh, a couple hundred bucks to it. It's a worthy cause. I think Nick's up to like fifteen or twenty deliveries for people. If you can support it, you should do it. Um, and by the way, you should support the podcast too. Do the ten dollars by April first and you get full access to every daily show and you get the crew to taste some Cup. Uh, there's 90 of you people that do that. You can get the crew to some Cup. You wanna get on that April 1st, do it. Uh, so that's a good thing. The one thing that the one positive for me is it has got me back to cooking and baking and I baked biscuits today. I made cookie dough balls, I made meatloaf like I am a cooking fanatic because I have nothing fucking else to do. ESPN Andrew, do you know they put on wrestling, college fucking wrestling from 2013 today? It was on ESPN. Cool. Who, who wants to o'clock.
4: watch that? I don't know. Like, like, was there something special about the two thousand and thirteen college wrestling? No, there's
1: nothing. They need to play old <laughs> NBA games, old NFL games. Come on, ESPN, get with the goddamn program already, and give us just turn it into classic ESPN all the time. No one wants to watch college wrestling from two thousand thirteen. <laughs> Speaking of that, Andrew, is there is there any classic sports event that you would want ESPN to put on that would get your attention? Besides like a Saints, a certain Saints game, which the NFL I network had the Saints Super Bowl. I don't know, on, I mean,
3: I don't know if it's just like prisoner of the moment or or whatever, but I I don't like watching stuff that's already happened. I mean, I, I'll watch it occasionally, but I get the thrill of the moment. I I like watching live sports. I don't even like watching like recorded stuff from earlier in the day. Like if I have an event and I make it back for the second half, I don't want to shut off my phone and and shut out the world and tell everyone like, don't text me. Don't tell me what's happened. I can't handle it. Like if it's already happened, I need to know what's happened and I need to watch it in real time. I, I don't know i have like a mental block against this I don't, this I, is a great question maybe from, I, may, I may i may need to change the way i subscribe to this i don't know
1: this is a good question from uh alfredo dave if the if the nfl had to play in front of empty fans in 2020 how would it how would it affect your enjoyment of the games
4: well, first of all, I'd like you to define empty fan. What is an empty fan?
1: <laughs> empty stadium. <laughs> an, an empty fan is a Falcons fan because they have no soul.
4: <laughs> um, I don't know if it would change it that much. It might be a little weird to start with. Uh, I think it's something you'd get used to. Um, but I don't – I mean, when, you know, we, when I'm watching a football game, I'm watching what's happening on the field. I'm not really – what does it matter if there's people in the stands? I I think it would be weird if there was no crowd noise. I would I'd like them to like add <laughs> crowd noise in if they could. I guess. Although I guess maybe that would be weird if you're looking at a stadium that has empty seats. I I don't know. I don't know. But they, I would I Andrew, would rather them think... have a season and do it in an empty stadium than not have a season at all.
1: Andrew, do you think the NFL if they, they had if they had to do an empty stadium? Do you think they would digitize the crowd in? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Except for Falcons. Uh, that, would be, that, would be, that would be very Atlanta Falconsy of them.
4: Like they add in the bird chirping noises at the Masters on ABC or whatever. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I think it would be – if they have an empty stadium, I think it will be really, really weird. You'll get used to it eventually, Dave, if they have to do it the whole year. But I'm telling you, that first month, it will be weird because the players – Sort of feed off the crowd. If it's a road game, a home game, whatever, are they still gonna gonna prance and pre, you know, and celebrate and flex after big plays? It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be weird. And hopefully, it doesn't come to that. But I think it'll be. I think it'll be the strangest sports experience of our life. Andrew's dad said, "Zoom attendance." <laughs> uh Somebody said prof- they're having professional lumberjacking on ESPN today. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it.
4: Um, all right, there example. we go. Wait, no, Andrew's Andrew's dad is onto something. Okay, so the Saints they buy seventy thousand cameras, GoPros or whatever. You attach it to all of the seats in the stadium, and then whatever season ticket you know. So you, then you can log in and you can see the game from your seat, from the camera that's attached to
3: your seat.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting idea, but it's, it's only interesting you know, like if-, if—
3: You know, if you pick one team as the home team, like, it'd be interesting to see a scenario where they force the road team to wear headphones inside their helmet, and you basically can bid on being inside that guy's helmet, like, in his earpiece— and you can just say whatever you want to him while the play is going on. <laughs> That's a horrible idea.
1: Because you have the most, vile, like the most vile, horrible fans would bid the most. <laughs> I would bid $100,000 to be able to make sure Matt Ryan could hear every word I said for three hours. And I would just say the most unspeakably horrible things to him for three hours. Yeah, that's that's kind of whole... where I was going with
3: that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I be would amazing. be. An, it's it's delightful. It's also terrible.
3: Like <laughs> I would you, you just could keep, probably just keep get
4: whispering twenty eight to three. 28 <laughs> 28 to
3: three. <laughs> I mean, you could probably get like ten thousand seats out of one person if you offer that.
1: Probably. <laughs> so somebody, uh, we forgot to talk about two more things before we get out of here. Um, first of all, the Saints kinda of, sorta of moved the ticket the the payment for tickets back. Um which for a lot of people, like my mom and maybe you Dave, it was critical. Like that 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 deadline was like looming and like this hit where like a month ago you were like, ah oh, it's the deadline for the tickets. It's fine. And now it's super critical. Um I wish they'd have been Dave, I wish they'd have been more sort of public about it. They sort of were, like You know, my mom, they were like, hey, if you call us and you just sort of need a little time, like my mom did, I wish they'd have been more public and been more sort of out front and generous with the fans because I know a lot of people are probably having a hard time making that payment.
4: Yeah. And, um, I mean, I did the same thing that your mother did. And I called them. And of course, once you call them and you ask them, they're fine with it. But, and again, like you, I was a little. Uh, I guess disappointed or whatever. I would have thought they would have just come out and said, look, that we're just going to push it back. Don't worry about it. But, you know, we talked about it last week. I get it. They're, they're a business. They're, they're going to try and get as much money as they can. And so I'm sure they were just hoping for anybody, any, any of the fans that could still pay for their season tickets to get that money um, and not give everybody a reason to be able to, uh, to not pay right now.
3: Hey, they got to uh, pay this uh, Emmanuel Sanders contract, man. I mean, it's a cash flow
4: thing. I mean, I totally get it. Uh, You know, you run your business and you're expecting, uh, you know, at the end of March, you're expecting to get this huge influx of money from season ticket deposits and all of a sudden it goes away. But at the same time, uh, that's that's the problem that... uh, all of us are facing that own small businesses like myself and like Andrew uh, you know we all got screwed on this and we're all hurting um, but
3: uh, yeah but these so yeah kids, they told these, me- go- these ghost Teddy Bridgewater years aren't gonna pay themselves
4: <laughs> so yeah they pushed me back
3: to maybe like this Friday I think the early April
4: and I think they said if you still have a problem call us back again and we'll talk about it again so I think they'll they'll let you push it back as as far as you can or as, you know even further if
3: you need it but my thing is, like, this isn't getting better anytime soon. Like, people's financial states are only going to be worse in May.
1: Right? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it's going to be it, – it, it, I think it's going to be kind of horrible when April 1st hits, because even the – say whatever you want about whatever the government has done, the, the $1,200 check, if you're married, you get 24 plus – you know, a little pretty 500 for each child that may help you in three weeks or four weeks. So that may help you for may, but that's only like a one-time thing. Like if this goes into the summer, oof, it's going to get, it's going to get worse. I think, I think you're probably right, Andrew. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. I think for places like new Orleans, New York, who has two teams, um, California, uh, you know LA, the Chargers—they might not have any season ticket holders at all. Like, I mean, they were having massive troubles before this coronavirus hit. I know somebody that works for the Chargers, and he told me in February they had less than nine thousand season tickets sold for 2020. I, Andrew, I can't imagine that's gone that much higher.
3: And, and and yet they're still gonna roll with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, if if there's a team that needs to go get Cam Newton, based on what you just said, it's, it's them. them.
1: They can have him. They can have him. They can have him Skype uh, his Superman pose uh, to sell tickets. Uh, final topic, and then we'll get out of here. Dave um, outkickthecoverage.com dot had a story that ESPN reportedly. Has offered Drew Brees the Monday Night Football booth analyst gig when he retires, which I guess they figured maybe will be after this year. Um, first question is, man, that sucks for the, the the people that are there, Booger and the Joe Tessitore. Or I I guess not Joe Tessitore, but Booger is he's doing color now. But second question, more importantly, how do you think he's gonna? How do you think he would do?
4: As the Monday Night Football uh, analyst. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he just doesn't seem to me t- to to be that kind of guy. I-, I know people love Drew, but I don't really I don't really find him to be a charming guy. I mean, I know people like him because he does good things and he's in general he's just a nice guy. But I don't think there's anything particularly charming about him. Uh, obviously, he knows really? the game. Yeah,
3: really, I don't,
4: I, I, no, I don't think he's charming, no
3: I, I think, think Drew's charming. pretty well-spoken and likable And That's different than being charming Somebody who's charming,
4: like, really pulls you in You know, really m- makes you feel like you're their best friend And you want to just hang out with them all the time I mean, yeah, Drew's likable but I don't, well, I
1: don't... That's the thing. Drew's just... going to work at it. I think, you know, me and Andrew were sort of debating this back and forth on Twitter earlier today. I agree with you, Andrew. I think D- Drew will work at it, and he will make himself good. But the thing is, to be, like, a great, well-known, sort of iconic announcer, you have to be, like, Madden or Romo or Don Meredith uh, way back when. I think the, the, Drew Brees is probably going to end up being, like, Bill Cowher or Tony Gonzalez, where he'll be fine, he'll be okay, but he's not going to be saying really interesting or controversial things. Or, you know, the thing that Tony Romo does where he can diagnose the play and tell you what's going to happen, to be able to do that in a, in 10-second windows is really difficult. And he does it well, with that. Well, Brees will
3: be able to do that. You so that's my he- thing. So so
4: Okay, so y- look, throughout the short history of – television broadcasting for the nfl it's been a natural transition for quarterbacks to go into the booth boomer and phil sims tony romo now uh i'm sure i'm uh, uh, what dan deardoff was he uh, i mean uh what's his face Dan uh, Fouts. we used to be with uh the guy who used to be on monday night football with uh, the comedian guy uh, Oh, dan, Fout. dan anyway. fouts
1: the guy who was in he was in waterboy
4: fouts fouts yeah yeah, yeah fouts. um it's not unheard of for a quarterback to retire, you know, a popular quarterback to retire and go to the booth. And I, I think you guys are right. I think I think where Drew Brees' strength would be would be to diagnose a play and break it down like Tony and say, oh, look, he's going to be, you know, because that's what everybody loves about Tony. Right before the snap, he says, this is going to be a pass to, to this guy over here. And sure enough, that's exactly what it is. And that's why people love Romo. That's why I love Romo. And I think Drew could definitely do that. But you've got to combine that. You've got to combine that, though, with... Uh, with with talking about the players on the field, and you've got to do your research and history of the players, and you've got to add in those little facts and and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if Drew, Drew has that yet. And like you guys said, obviously, yes. When Drew does something, he does it to the max, 110. Uh, and he would be good at it. But it's it's just this is obviously this offer to Drew Brees is obviously Tony Romo has changed the game, and now everybody because Tony Romo they want so the popular, next Romo. Everybody is looking for the next Romo, and let's face it, all those guys, all those quarterbacks I just mentioned that were in the booth, none of them are as good as Tony Romo. Tony Romo is is a once in a lifetime. He just he was made for this. He he's, he's just naturally talented at this. And some of that, it, it's just like playing a, a sport. You can't teach it. You know, some Here- guy could go out there and practice twice as hard as Drew Brees, but. Breeze is still going to be better because he's naturally gifted. And I think Tony Romo happens to be the one quarterback who's naturally gifted and making that switch over to being in the booth and he's done a better job of it than any quarterback that's ever converted and and gone to the broadcasting booth. And I don't think that you can just just make an offer to any quarterback and hope that and think think that that's going to happen.
1: Andrew, do you think yeah, do I you mean, think Drew Brees will he be Tony stuff, Romo or will he be Troy Aikman?
3: I just want to point out that Dave went on a similar rant about Zach Streif and was disbelieving of how good he was going to be in that role. And I knew Zach would be awesome at it. Cause Zach is a great st- storyteller. And if you watch his presser, his retirement presser and how he had the crowd, in the palm of his hand. And it was hilarious. And I, I knew immediately he's going to be a great play by play guy. And I feel like, He's come a really long way. He's improved a lot, and he's really good at that now. So I think it's a similar thing. Now, I don't think Breeze has, like, that affable and just storytelling ability, maybe, that Streif has. Um, And that's where he may be a little bit less relatable. I I feel like Drew Breeze is a little robotic, and I think this is what Dave is getting at. He's a little robotic in what he says, and I, I, I think that...
4: It's the accurate, big the
3: big question that I have with Drew is: Is he going to be able to let his hair down in this role? I think he feels like he's such a spokesperson for New Orleans, for the organization, for you know, he he always wants to put on this this face and this persona at all times, um, and he's and he's very robotic, and I I do think or it feels that way, and I, I think what you're getting at, Dave, and I agree with this is, is he going to be able to let his hair down and kind of just be a little bit more off the cuff? You know, I well, think he will, he will come off sounding maybe over prepared.
1: Well, you know point. what? The, the one point. thing that sort of changes my mind and swings me to your thing, Andrew, and I just thought of it, he was on the Dan Lebertard show. And anybody that listens to... Yeah, he was. And anybody that listens to the Dan Lebertard show... That You know that, by the way, if you were looking to have a lighter mood and listen to them now, they're completely off the wall insane now that they're going through coronavirus and stuff because they're a sports show, but they don't really want to talk about sports. They don't care about the best player in the list and breaking it down. They just don't care. They had Breeze on, and I was like, oh, man. Breeze is, you know, like you said, he's stiff. He's kind of buttoned up. I'm like, is this going to go well? And he went on lebitard and he told the story about – when he was on with Bear Grylls and the Alligator, and he, he told jokes, and you know... And you you could tell that, like, you know somebody said, Drew, you're going on the Lebretard show. This is what the Levitard show does. And he wasn't, like, cracking jokes and totally wild loose, but he was much more sort of in their tone and sort of what their show is. He went along with the flow, and... That to me, remembering that shows some, shows me that yeah, he knows sort of what he has to do. So I'm, I'm sort of with you, Andrew. I think I think he'll be more interesting because that's what's required of that to be great. Like you can't just be a you know you can be Bill Cower, but has Bill Cower or Troy Aikman? Can you remember one interesting thing Troy Aikman has ever fucking said on a broadcast? I cannot.
4: No. No. You know. Yeah, I forgot to. I can't believe I even forgot Aikman on my list of quarterbacks <laughs> that went to the broadcast booth. Uh, the, the problem is, is I, I I agree with everything you guys said. Drew Brees is he's like a politician. He he every everything he says is thought out and meant to be inoffensive, um, and that's fine. And yes, he would need to loosen up if he's going to be in the booth and be good and be somebody that people want to listen to, but. I got news for you. I think even if he loosens up, I don't think he's that interesting of a guy. Mm, Sorry, he's... I don't know. I just don't. Maybe mm-hmm. I will say
1: this: him giving twenty percent of his salary, five million dollars, to the state of Louisiana was awesome. And if you saw him interview with Hoda Copy, where it looked like he was laying down in his bed, uh, with the <laughs> cell phone, it was a, ama- it was a, an amazing interview. And he actually made Hoda Copy cry, and she could barely, she couldn't compose herself and. The other woman that does the show with her head to take over and like go pitch it to break, which was amazing. Um so that I guess wraps up this show, guys. Uh we'll be keeping doing the draft. The NFL says they're having the draft, so we'll be here. We'll do the daily show. Me and Andrew will keep knocking it out. Andrew, should we tell the people, the guests, that you Hounded and ber- and uh, stalked until they agreed to come on the show. Should we no, tell them?
3: No, don't the- do that yet. Because uh, you know, I don't. I don't want it to backfire.
1: I don't want it to backfire.
3: I don't but, want to jinx it. But but keep let it be a surprise. It's Joe but- Exotic. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted <I'm> from jail. From <laughs>
1: jail. <laughs> hey, well, I'll I'll pay for the call, Joe. If you get this podcast in the Florida corrections facility, wherever you are, but s- 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 keep. Keep in tune to the podcast this week. We have some big surprises for you. Hopefully, thanks to everybody that supports the show, we appreciate you. Uh, if you're not supporting the show and aren't a patron, you should be at the $10 level so you can have the show because we deliver it every freaking day. And now that you were all cooped up on our house, at least till April 30th, you're gonna need more stuff to do to listen to, and that's where we come in. We deliver you the deliver you the show every single day, guys. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. We're thinking about you. We're praying for your dad. Guys, until next week, the bar is closed.
5: One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.